Hello and welcome to The Good Robot Andes, Season 7, Episode 4. My name is Andy Balem and this is... Andy Cockerell. And we might be talking about a film tonight, I honestly don't know. We are, actually, <laughs> yes. <laughs> and the film we're going to talk about tonight is... Jojo Rabbit. Jojo Rabbit. Yes. And I'll offer you um, a short review um, and an outline of the cast based on... Okay. Uh, based entirely on the name, knowing nothing whatsoever about the film, and not even having been briefed about the title of the film before now. Um, this is about uh, a rabbit that lives in a sock. Um, design, <laughs> design a sock. And uh, it features Emma Thompson as the rabbit. Uh, okay. It's, it's her, one of her worst performances. <laughs> Ever, um, but the film is notable wow. because no one's made a, a film about a rabbit in a sock before. No, I can't think. Of, is it a rollicking um, animation? Uh, I mean, <coughs> I'm losing steam rapidly. <laughs> so I guess not. It's not I mean, a rollicking it's, Disney it's, adventure. It's not very good. I have no idea why you picked it. Okay, uh, that's not what it is. Oh. Okay. That's not okay. what this film okay. is. Okay. Okay. Um, but we've got however, some other business first. We have some of the other business. Yeah. So um, I think maybe that uh, this this any other business uh, is to do with Terry Jones, mm-hmm. who I think died around the same time as Kurt Douglas. Maybe a little bit later. So maybe we missed it off the last pod, or I just forgot to talk about Terry Jones. But mm-hmm. we should talk about Terry Jones. Right, um, right, right. One of the, one of the pythons. Right. Now, which one? Place him for me with, with some characters. Okay. Ooh, okay. Okay, so we're going to talk about his main... The, the character that he's probably best known for in a moment. Okay, okay. Um, but we'll talk about... Um, so he... Uh, the pythons used to partner up in writing. Mm-hmm. And he was Michael Palin's writing partner. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. John Cleese would pair up with Graham Chapman. And mm-hmm. Eric Idle would write on his own, and Terry Gilliam was off doing animation and stuff. Doing so. whatever he did. <laughs> whatever he did or whatever he does now. They somehow let um, him do. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, so, yeah, Terry Jones, uh, really important member of the Pythons. I think probably, I think that um, Cleese is probably probably the most famous, or maybe Michael Palin is these days with his travel shows. Yeah, but I think Cleese um, was the biggest personality. John Cleese yeah, was the biggest definitely. personality in the Pythons. So that's why he had yeah. to write with Graham yes. Chapman, so he wasn't Graham too Chapman. threatened. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, uh, but uh, Terry Jones co-directed The Holy Grail with okay. Terry Gilliam. Okay. Um, I mean, you, you can see Terry Gilliam's visual stamp on that movie, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, Jones also directed Life of Brian, which is right. um, one of my favourite comedies and actually one of my favorite movies of all time i think probably I, um, in my top 10 i have this thing about monty python which is that i much prefer the programs to the films but if right. i if i had to pick a film that i actually thought was worth watching it would definitely be life of brian yeah it's amazing the others i i really think i could live without them they're, yeah you know, definitely i, I find holy grail to be quite tiresome yeah and the meaning of life <clears throat> just a series of stretched sketches i mean they're quite funny but Oh, it's yeah. boring, it's boring. It's not great, it's not great. Um, I think Holy Grail is also kind of a series of yeah. vignettes and sketches as yeah. well. But yeah. it does have some good stuff in it. It has some, I mean, both of them have classic moments, like the yeah. 
like the wafer thin mint is in Meaning of Life. Yes. I like and, the rabbit in, um, yeah. in Holy Grail. The rabbit and, and uh, the bridge. Tim, Tim the Enchanter, yes, the bridge with uh, with John Cleese. That's, that's fun. And the, and the French. Uh, the, the, uh, the knight who's... He says it's just a flesh wound. And the French, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, the French. Really Castle good. Arg. So actually, yeah. there is good stuff in There's Holy some really Grail, good sketches yeah, yeah. in a film that goes on far too long. Yes, it does. Yeah. yeah, it really does. I like their sketches. I mean, yep. like, you can't beat the the Blamange sketch. Blamange. Oh. There's Spam. Actually, the spam okay, sketch. so Jones, Jones is famous for being uh, the... Uh, so he always played, or mostly played, women... Mm-hmm. Shrieking older women in um, in a house coat. Uh-huh. Uh, so he's famous for being in the spam sketch, saying spam, 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 right. like that, which is just amazing. Right? Um, Could they not get women yeah. to? Um... Well, there, no, actually, there was a there was a an ancillary woman, uh, Carol <laughs> Cleveland, I think her name was. That name rings a bell. Um, she's in she's in Holy Grail as mm-hmm. one of the women in Castle Arg. Mm-hmm. Um. But Jones would regularly play shrieking older women with very high voices. Yeah, because there was a there's tragic shortage of women back when they were making films. Terrible, and, yeah. terrible shortage of women. Yeah. I, um, yeah. I think they were all hiding somewhere. Yeah. Probably Harvey, hiding from Harvey Weinstein. More on that in a moment, <laughs> listener. <coughs> <coughs> but um, uh, so, but I think Jones's most famous most famous role. Actually, I'm now thinking of another one that's quite famous. But for me. His most famous and his funniest role is probably as Mandy Cohen, Brian's mum right. in Monty Python right. and the Life of Brian. Right. He's not um, the Messiah, he's a very naughty boy. Just, I mean, every line that comes out of his mouth is solid gold. <laughs> Her mouth, I should say. Um, the one that I quote endlessly um, is from the beginning of the film, when the three wise men arrive, and one of them says, um, I bring myrrh. And she says, "What's myrrh?" And he says, "It is an it is a balm." Oh, what? A balm? A balm? What are you giving him a balm for? He says, "It's an ointment." Is it? I thought it was an animal with horns. <laughs> it's just fantastic. What did I dream? It is the way he ends that line. <laughs> and that's the way it carries on. You know, the, the the exchanges she has with Brian about being. He says, um, you know, he refers to himself as being Jewish, and she says, you're not Jewish, you're a Roman, and then tells him all about that. That comes up again later in the film, in the scene with Michael Palin as Pontius Pilate. I think the best pilot ever on film, possibly. <laughs> I'm trying to think. Um, I, I really, really like um, The Last Temptation of Christ, but I don't know whether Pilate's in that. He's, he is, but he's played by David Bowie. <laughs> really? Yes. I did not know that. Okay, yes, I mean, one, I really like The Last Temptation as well. It's one of my, um, one of the most meaningful films to me in my whole life. Yeah, it's terrific. Uh, but I think that 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 um, Michael Palin as Pilot is unstoppable <laughs> for all the wrong reasons. Um, yeah, so Terry Jones, very, very sadly, he'd had uh, dementia for quite a few years. Right. Um, I'd read uh, John Cleese saying, I think in a newspaper article or an interview, saying that after the, I think the 2012 or 2013 reunion, um, he had, Jones had all his lines written down in places where he could read them. And then a couple of years later after that, he could barely speak, which is really sad. Hmm. Um, so he'd been ill for not that long, actually. But 
But he was much more than a python, you know. He, he I remember he used to present shows on um, medieval England on the BBC. So oh, he really? did a show all about Chaucer. You know, he was a great scholar of that period of English history. So that was cool. So, you know, for people who, who knew him, that was a gateway into new kinds of knowledge and, and he's a very be, engaging presence. Weird to be an ex-python. Yes, definitely, definitely. He also wrote, so he paired up with um, Michael Palin. He co-wrote a series called Ripping Yarns, which um, was on in the 1970s. That was a post-python project for them. And they are very good, very good, funny, satirical shows. Hmm. I don't think I've heard of them. Yeah, definitely worth seeking out, listener. Ripping Yarns. I don't know where you can find them. I don't know if they're on streaming or whether you can get them on DVD or anything because uh, I haven't done any research on it. <laughs> uh, but that's your job. Yeah. Um, <laughs> let us know. Maybe let us know. Yeah, let yeah. us know. Absolutely. So the other the other bit of news social, social is, things. That, um, is that super producer Harvey Weinstein... Um, has gone to jail just today, 25 years. Yeah. So he was, he was found not guilty on a couple of quite serious charges, but guilty of everything else. So, yeah, convicted sent of, down. convicted of a large number of horrific things. Yeah, I mean, that, that kicked off the Me Too movement. I think now that he has been sent down, that sends a clear message to people like him that you can't get away with this stuff anymore. Um, because I think that he certainly thought that he was above it all. He was above the law, and he could do whatever he wanted. Yeah, that, that, that has proved to be wrong. Finally, that seems to be the the thing. Yeah, that there's that there was this sense that if you had enough power, you could do anything you wanted. And I, I hope that has changed. I mean, I don't know. We'll find out. I guess. I guess That's we will it. find out. The one thing I am. I am happy about and looking forward to is that I won't have to look at Twitter or whatever and see him struggling to get into the courthouse using a walker, which is just the most pathetic thing I've ever seen. You know, the man can clearly walk properly. He's doing it. He was doing it to try and gain sympathy. And uh, come on, it's ridiculous. So yeah, brought low finally. That is the other. Any other business? Shall I crack on with the film? Let's crack on. Okay. So Jojo Rabbit is brand new. Well, quite brand new. Uh, 2019 American that's, that's, comedy drama that's, film. That's already old news. It is, yeah. Like last year. It's so last year. It's so last year. Uh, written and directed by Taika Waititi. Is this is, another um, coming-of-age drama? It is kind of, it's but not really. You, on, you not only really. watch them now. Yeah, I only watch them now, yeah. <laughs> Um, now that this is a returning director for the pod, so we've had ah. Yorgos Lanthimos has had two movies on the pod. So right. he had The Lobster. Yeah, I was going to say I thought that was The Lobster and The Killing of a Sacred Deer. That's two movies. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, Taika Waititi, we talked about uh, The Hunt for the Wilder People. Right. Yeah, that rings a very vague bell indeed. Okay, um, and this is his latest, based on Christine Lunan's book Caging Skies. Uh, Roman Griffin Davis portrays the title character, Johann Jojo Betzler, a Hitler youth member who finds out his mother, played by Scarlett Johansson, is hiding a Jewish girl. Do we only do Scarlett Johansson movies? We only do those, yeah. Yeah. Um, He must then question his beliefs while dealing with the intervention of his imaginary friend, 
a fanciful version of Adolf Hitler played okay, by Taika Waititi. <laughs> okay. Are you, Just run are, you that, are you keeping up? Run that by me again. Did you say it was a comedy? Uh, yes. Did you comedy say it was drama. an American comedy? Uh, yes. Okay. Yes. But it's about a member of the Hitler Youth. It's about a member of the Hitler Youth at the very tail end of the Second World War. So we're talking like 1943, probably. And he has an imaginary Hitler friend. An imaginary Hitler friend who's played by a New Zealander, Taika Waititi. Okay. Um, the film also stars Rebel Wilson, Stephen Merchant. Of, Rebel Wilson out of um, yes. um, Pitch Perfect. Yes. Oh, uh, so Stephen great. Merchant. Right, uh, he's Alfie great. Alfie Allen. And Sam Rockwell, who's always good value. I've heard of him. Yep, I'm sure you've seen him in lots of stuff. I'm not going to tell you what he's been in. Okay. Um, so the film had its world premiere at the 44th Toronto, well, TIFF, Toronto International Film Festival, on September the 8th, 2019, where it won top prize, the Grosch People's Choice Award, <laughs> and uh, it was released theatrically on October the 18th, 2019, and it drew... Lots of praise, especially for the performances, direction, and its big heart. But also some criticism for its comedic portrayal of Nazis. We'll come on to that later, I think. Mm -hmm. Wouldn't be the first time, would it? No, absolutely not, no. Um, the film was nominated for... I'm just looking at the, yeah, the Golden Globes. I'm sure it won an Academy Award, actually. I'm going to check that accolades... Uh, Academy Awards, it won Best Adapted Screenplay for Taika Waititi. Right. Which is cool. Um, so, yeah, let's crack on with the story. So, yes, Jojo Johann Betzler, or Jojo, is a member of the Hitler Youth. That Hitler Youth group is run by Sam Rockwell, who is drunk, possibly gay. Um, it's never actually written properly realised whether he is or not mm -hmm. but he looks utterly bored and can't wait for the war to end in either direction he doesn't care really care who wins he just wants to finish you know training these kids to go off and kill people it's, um, it's set in Germany sorry it's set in Germany yeah okay. um, uh, so his absent father is supposedly serving on the Italian front but has lost all contact his older sister, Inga, has recently died of influenza. And the jingoistic Jojo often talks with his imaginary friend, Adolf, who is a supportive but buffoonish version of Adolf Hitler. So imagine how a child might Im imagine their hero, in this mm -hmm. case, Adolf Hitler. Mm -hmm. um, Taika Waititi plays him for laughs, but I think that the laughs at the expense of the Nazis... Uh, they are funny, but there is an edge to them as well. What kind so, of edge? Well, in terms of, y you never lose sight of the fact that these people are evil. Okay, okay. Um, so even though they are being funny, uh, we'll, we'll talk about Stephen Merchant's uh, Gestapo agent a little bit later on in the chat. Um, although Stephen Merchant, I think, is a very funny man and yeah. looks quite amusing in his, you know, the way he looks. He's ideal for a Gestapo agent. He is ideal because he's tall and and quite imposing. Um, and although he's smiling and appearing to be a bit silly, in fact, 
you know that if he finds what he's looking for, he's going to tear the house apart to get it. Um, anyway, um, so uh, yeah, so um, young young Johan is going to Hitler Youth Camp. Um, he, and he's he's very pro Nazi. He's very pro Nazi, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but he gets teased a lot, um, and this all comes to a head when the uh, the teachers present him with a rabbit and say. To learn how to kill things, you have to kill the rabbit. And he can't okay. do it. He puts it down. He can't do it. So he so gets this is like relentlessly e- evilness training. He then gets called Jojo Rabbit, because, you know, Johan Jojo. Mm-hmm. Gets called Jojo Rabbit. rabbit. rabbit yeah. Then to try and prove that he's a tough guy, he grabs a grenade, he throws it, it hits a tree, and it bounces back towards him um, and explodes quite near to him, injuring his face quite badly. Um, this means that he can't go to Hitler Youth Camp anymore, mm-hmm. which he is quite upset about. That means he's got to stay at home um, with his mum. And whilst he's at home, he hears some funny noises up in the attic. Um, and he goes up there. This is um, the attic is where his sister Inga used to sleep, mm-hmm. and he finds his sister's stuff there. Um, but he hears a noise in the eaves and uh, he goes in there and he finds a girl, a young Jewish girl who, who his mother has been hiding. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, he's about to go and tell on her when she grabs him and says, yeah, you can do that. But when they get here, I'll tell them that you hid me. I'll tell them that your mum hid me and you will go to concentration camp as well. Mm-hmm. So he doesn't say anything, but he's he's very torn, and uh, Adolf Hitler, his fanciful version of Hitler, appears to him and says, "You know, what are you going to do about that that um, Jewish girl hiding in the loft? You know, she's evil, she's dirty, she's nasty." And he believes all of this stuff, but he can't do anything about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then one day he's walking with his mum, and they see some people hanging. Uh, in the in the town square they've been you know they've been executed mm-hmm. they've got signs around their necks they're not jewish people um we're not entirely sure who they are it's not explained but he says to her what did they do and his mum says what they could um and i think what that means is that they were hiding jewish people mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and they've been executed for that or either that or they've been helping the the german resistance which was actually quite important at that time there was a resistance going on to to the whole nazi war effort right i've not heard about um, the german resistance no it, yeah, really it, it did exist yeah um so uh he he builds a rapport with the jewish girl in in the attic uh, mm-hmm. her name is elsa core she's played by thomas mckenzie who is fantastic um young new zealand actress um uh she um uh she plays along with him to keep him on side and says that she will reveal the jewish secrets to him about mind reading and you know the stuff that the nazis talked about that jewish people are able to do which is absolute you know rubbish mm-hmm. um so that he can write it in a book so she talks about this and then she finds out about 
uh, that Elsa had a fiancé called Nathan, whom she's hoping to reunite with when the war is over. Mm -hmm. And Jojo forges letters from Nathan and then reads them to her. And he reads one that says um, something like, I've broken up with you and I don't like you anymore. He does this to upset her. He realises he has upset her and then he quickly reads another one that says, actually, I was wrong. I still like you. And, you know, it's, you know the way that kids want to please other people. That is mm-hmm. that, kind of, that kind of thing. Um, there is then... Uh, we then had the scene where he's on his own in the house and the Gestapo arrive. And uh, Stephen Merchant. They, Stephen Merchant. Uh, and, it, and it's at this point that we see one of the, one of the, the comedic scenes. There are, there's him and there's three or four other agents with him. Um, and uh, so Jojo is alone. The four agents come in, and also Sam Rockwell comes in as well as like regular army guy, mm-hmm. and they proceed to heil Hitler each other, but they do so individually. So we have a moment here that's a lot like the TV show Allo Allo. Mm-hmm. Allo Allo can never be far from your mind when the Gestapo are involved. Absolutely, yes. Um, and this is it is a funny scene, and it happens like two or three times. It, it wears the joke quite thin, but. What works about it is that the whole thing is ridiculous. And you think, yes, but that's probably what they actually did. Mm-hmm. Because it's so ridiculous that they all have to do it. They have, have to go through that whole ritual of doing this, you know, saluting each other individually. Um, Stephen Merchant is quite avuncular. He's quite personable. But he's an evil Gestapo agent. And he wants to know what Jojo is doing there on an, all on his own. Mm-hmm. Um, he uh, goes upstairs and he says uh, about the bedroom he says so who stays here and Jojo is about to panic and maybe reveal something when Elsa is just sitting there and says I, I stay here I'm I'm his sister and then she has to, to basically lie mm-hmm. um Sam Rockwell's character, we then, uh, at this point, we realise that actually he's maybe on their side Mm -hmm. because uh, he doesn't say anything about the fact that she says uh, she's his sister, even though I think he knows that uh, the sister died. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He then, um, uh, Stephen Merchant then asks, so uh, tell me, uh, where, where are your papers then? And she finds her identification papers and Sam Rockhall grabs them before Stephen Merchant can grab them and says, mm-hmm. okay, if these are your papers, tell me when you were born. And uh, she gives him a date. He looks at it for a long time and then he says, correct, and then hands it back. Um, and Stephen Merchant seems to be fairly satisfied with this mm-hmm. and he leaves and then... Elsa says to Jojo, I lied about the date. I gave the wrong date, but they didn't take me away. And mm-hmm. he, he lied to save me. So mm-hmm. it's at this point that we realise that Sam Rockwell's character is a good guy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and maybe he's got something to lose as well if uh, you know if the Gestapo investigate him over something. Um, 
Um, so time passes on and we then cut to the town square. Jojo is walking through the town square and he sees his mother's shoes and they're hanging in the town square. So she's been executed and she's got mm. a sign around her neck. And this is, this scene, um, I think because the preceding scenes have been quite lighthearted and mm. it just left me absolutely cold mm. because I thought to myself, surely they're not actually her shoes. That's somebody else's shoes, right? It's somebody, it's another person. It can't be his mum, mm. but it is his mum. So then he's all alone. Um, there's nobody to look after him. So he stays, he stays in the house and him and Elsa basically look after each other. Um, so he goes scavenging for food because by now the war is really starting to bite in Germany. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, there's no food coming in. Um, they're basically sca scavenging for food. Mm. Eventually it cuts to the town being bombed and then uh, American and Soviet forces liberating the town. Um, and then in one of the final scenes of the film, we see um, Jojo put on a, uh, a Hitler Youth uniform. He then gets captured and he gets put with Sam Rockwell and Alfie Allen, who are the Hitler Youth, like the people who run the Hitler Youth camp. Mm -hmm. And Sam Rockwell has a chat with him. He takes off his uniform. He calls him a filthy Jew and he says, get out, get out of here, you filthy Jew, because he knows they're about to be executed by the Russians. Mm -hmm. And uh, Jojo runs away. Then, he, then we hear gunfire in the background. <laughs> yeah, I know. So although it is a comedy. It is funny. But it does portray stuff that actually happened during the war in, in quite a, an unblinking kind of way. Mm. So he runs home. Um, he runs up to the attic uh, where Elsa is still in the eaves mm -hmm. and she comes out and she says, no, she doesn't come out. No, they talk through the, the door. She says, what's happened? Who won the war? And he pauses and he said, we did. You have to stay here. And I think at that point we, we realise he doesn't want her to go. Mm -hmm. Um... But she comes out and uh, they go outside. And this is, bearing in mind, this is the first time she's seen daylight. She's been outside in months, possibly mm. years. Mm. They go outside. And she said early, earlier on in the film, she said, the first thing I'm going to do when I go outside is dance. Mm -hmm. um, so they start to move and we hear some music playing in the background. And then we hear uh, a German language version of David Bowie's Heroes. <laughs> which is rather wonderful. Mm -hmm. um, it also starts with uh, a German, a, possibly a, a version the Beatles recorded of um, I Want to Hold Your Hand in German as well. Right. Um, so it's got it's got great soundtrack. They, they started out in Germany. I wonder whether they sang in German. I, I wonder if they recorded it in German, yeah. Because oh. they obviously they were in Germany before they were massively famous, weren't yeah. they? Yeah. So I think it does sound like them singing, but in German, yeah, yeah. which is cool. Yeah. Um, and then the film ends, and it's really quite something as as a piece of work, quite a unique take on on the Second World War. Yeah. Um, 
I found it to be hugely affecting. I know, uh, and I know that some people's uh, mileage has varied on this film quite a lot. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But most of the feedback that I've heard and read has been incredibly powerful about how people have... It's kind of snuck up on you. It certainly, mm. it definitely crept up on me as I was watching it. Mm, mm, mm. Because it's as, it, as it's making you laugh, it's still portraying stuff that's really dark and disturbing. It sounds amazing. It is amazing, yeah. It, it really is. It's quite something. I feel slightly sorry that we've bought it for me. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> that's all right. Except that's, yeah. that's what I'm in for with this podcast. Yes, Normally absolutely. I don't mind. but um, It is amazing. And... Um, yeah. And Taika Waititi, as this fanciful, buffoonish uh, Adolf Hitler, plays it for laughs. It's not Adolf Hitler. It's an imaginary version of Adolf mm-hmm. Hitler. Um, but plays it for laughs and it does a very nice job of it. And occasionally slips into a Kiwi accent, but it really doesn't matter. Because <laughs> it's imaginary. Um, yeah, it, it is amazing. It really is amazing. Stunning piece of work. I think a thoroughly deserved Academy Award for Best Adapted Screenplay. Because it treads, as I've said on this podcast many times, it treads a fine line. Not between clever and stupid, (laughs) but between comedy and pathos and pain and truth. And it manages to juggle all of those things really well. So Um, here's the question. And so... My yes. question is, is the is the the use of comedy um does it make it more truthful? Yes, I think it does. Yes. I think that if it was a straightforward drama I think it would still work as a straightforward drama, but it wouldn't be funny. And I think that you can get you can get really strong um, you can get a really strong message across whilst you're ma- making people laugh mm. there's something about uh, humanising the characters making you closer to the people if they've made you laugh absolutely yes that's really important so although um, Rebel Wilson who's also works with the uh, Hitler Youth there's a scene right near the end of the film uh where she straps a grenade to the back of a Hitler Youth kid and says, now go and give an American a hug. And you laugh and then you go, oh God, that's awful. Because I should imagine that actually happened. Um, so, and, and, and training, uh, and th- there's also scenes where we see just the townspeople taking up arms against the Russians and the Americans and mm-hmm. just getting horribly beaten because, mm. you know, they're, they're just not equipped mm. to to fight that fight. Um, so it does not shy away from the dark stuff, but it manages to do so whilst making you laugh. And that's so important. And I'm sure it, I'm sure it would have worked very well as a straight drama, um, but that would make it something like The Boy in the Striped Pajamas, which is just such a grim movie mm. and by the way probably would have meant that I never watched it because I've, yeah, I've never got round to watching The Boy in the Striped Pajamas it's um, it's brutal it's absolutely brutal I remember um, my wife was looking for something to watch and it was on 
one of the streaming services. And she said, I've wanted to watch this for ages. I said, yeah, be careful. It's a tough watch. Um, and she watched it and, uh, yeah, it was a tough watch. <laughs> this, this isn't a tough watch. This is very funny. It's very engaging. But it does have the serious stuff going on. Um, now, I remember when it came out at the cinema and I was listening to, to Mark Kermode and Simon Mayo's film programme. And some some people who went to see it were unhappy that it didn't address the Holocaust and it didn't address um, bigger stuff that was going on during the Second World War. And I think that I don't th- I don't think that they're right. I think that this is this is this story. This is JoJo's story. JoJo and Elsa's story. And you don't have to address those things in this movie. I mean, it does address the Holocaust, right? If she's hiding, yeah, she's from hiding. It. Yeah, yeah. From and that. his book is full of you know of these horrible pictures of Jewish people. That that um, when Stephen Merchant looks through it, he he looks absolutely incredibly ecstatically pleased that Jojo has been writing this stuff down. He's like, "Well done, well done." You know, you must keep doing this. This is very important work. Um, yeah, it's amazing listener if you haven't seen it it is available on dvd and blu-ray now um so was the, was the main objection that that this is just too serious a subject to, to be a subject of a comedy or? from some people yes mm-hmm. but from i would say from the majority of people who went to see it they found it to be incredibly moving and funny mm-hmm. um, because it creeps up on you i think there's another movie um, that's crept up on me like this. That was Christopher Nolan's Dunkirk. Right, right, right. Um, when I went to see that at the cinema, I didn't actually find it all that emotionally moving as I was watching it. I enjoyed it a great deal. Mm-hmm. But the end absolutely destroyed me. Right. Um, because it crept up on me. Again, you know, it's right. sort of like the emotion that's kind of waiting to happen. I just remember it being just viscerally exciting. Oh yeah, it's. I mean, it's so beautifully made, mm. so beautifully made. Um, yeah, really great. But, but uh, this is a very different movie to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it is very good indeed. I definitely subscribe to the idea that done right, comedy can make something much more truthful. Mm. So I read you some critical response. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um. So, on Rotten Tomatoes, it says it has an 80% rating. And it says, Jojo Rabbit's blend of irreverent humour and serious ideas definitely won't be to everyone's taste. But either way, this anti-hate satire is audacious to a fault. That's Yeah, that's true. It is, it is audacious. Yeah. Um, I mean, you mean because it... it- because of what the way it covers its subject, or yes, I think so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, in USA Today, four out of four stars, calling it a brilliant Nazi mocking satire, <clears throat> and it says, as much as it makes you laugh, this film is a warm hug of a movie that just so happens to have a lot of important things to say. Yeah, it's like carrying on the legacy of Indiana Jones, isn't it? I suppose it is. Nazis. I hate these guys. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that was important work as well. 
definitely important work. Um, the Sh- Chicago Sun Times said, uncomfortably funny, which it is at times. Mm-hmm. Unapo- unapologetically insensitive, which it is at times, particularly mm-hmm. with um, Hitler. Mm-hmm. And cheerfully outrageous. It says that the director delivers a timely anti-hate fractured fairy tale. Right, right, right. right. Yeah. So, so these reviews are very positive. So, um, what was the um, what was the film about? Oh, Stalin. What, what was it? Oh, the death of Stalin. The death of Stalin. Yeah. I loved that movie. So that was comedy about a serious subject yeah. about a very weird situation so that wasn't as irreverent as jojo rabbit i feel like it i felt like it missed the mark a bit you liked it um, i liked it yeah i really liked it um i thought there's some great individual performances there particularly jason isaacs i mean i thought it was i always feel like i just need to watch it again because it, it it's quite dense quite isn't it confusing. there's a lot going on <laughs> yeah yeah um yeah i liked it, it. The kind of farcical nature of it, I, like potentially captured the kind of the the farcical nature of the, what actually happened. So I think in an effective that way. the big difference between the two is that Jojo Rabbit is very sharp. Right. Um, I felt that the death of Stalin was a little bit baggy in places. Right. Uh, a little bit rambling. Um, almost seemed like they were improvising dialogue at times, which they might have been. And I, I, it didn't seem like the death of Stalin had much of a much to say. Except, mm-hmm. wow, wow, wasn't this crazy? Well, I think what it says is that is that people will do anything to try and grab some power. Right, right, maybe. Anything at all. But it sounds like Jojo Rabbit is, is, got a really import, is doing really important work about helping you understand yeah. stuff. Definitely. It definitely does. And Warning uh, from history and stuff. I think um, David Baddiel... Uh, if listen doesn't know, David Baddiel is a comedian, a stand-up comedian um, who has lately done a show, a stand-up show called, not a stand-up show actually, called My Family, Not the Sitcom, <laughs> which is a talk all about his family, mm-hmm. um, his mum and his dad and his brothers and that kind of thing. But it's funny because he's a funny, funny man. Um, he's currently touring with a show all about internet trolls. Mm-hmm. But he did... Uh, a documentary for Holocaust Week uh, uh, on the BBC called um, Confronting Holocaust Denial, mm-hmm. which I'm very interested in watching because that's something that I don't really understand um, and I'd like to understand it more mm. um, because I just don't get it. Mm. I don't mean that I don't get the Holocaust. I mean, I don't understand Holocaust denial. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't understand why people do it and find it to be something that they need to do and I would be keen to understand more so I can talk about it really it's, um, um, it's yeah. a, like some old fake news isn't it to some people it is yeah no no I mean I mean Holocaust denial is, is fake news from before that was a phrase yes indeed exactly but yeah. well back from the time of when it was called propaganda yes exactly yeah but it's still a thing yeah it's still a thing. And, you know, I would have thought that these days where information is so freely available that that would have gone away. Mm. But, but it now hasn't. there's just there's denial of everything now. Yes, I suppose it's just so. Got, yeah. It's got more pals. Climate change. It's not happening. 
Um, there was no Holocaust. Actually, uh, on that subject of you know horrific mass murder of people, in that book that we talked about in the last pod, Progress. Progress. He talks about the fact that there have been several um, uh, genocides, some of them much worse than the Holocaust, mm-hmm. uh, but we don't remember them in the mm-hmm. same way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I thought that was interesting. Yeah. Um, because with the Holocaust, we want to remember it. We, we want to keep talking about it because it yeah. was such a horrible thing. And it was it was very different to, I think other incidences because because the Nazis kind of they kind of industrialized mass murder in a way that mm-hmm. nobody had ever done before yeah I mean I think that we probably remember it uh, we ourselves probably remember it because it was uh, it, it happened in our culture right it happened within yes. Western Europe yes and but if we look at you know the stuff that Stalin did in in Soviet Russia he killed more people than Hitler did, but nobody really talks about that. Mm. And then, and then uh, Rwanda. Yes. A long time after that, more recently, more recently, yeah. um, that was a, a massive genocide. But it didn't. It didn't. In some sense, didn't you know? In Western imagination, didn't happen to us. You know. So. It, no. And wasn't exactly. done. So yeah, that's partly just our proximity to it culturally, but. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, so, yeah, Norberg yeah. in progress argues, yeah, that they're actually the twentieth century. Uh, the number of people killed in that kind of incident was lower than in, in many other centuries. Yes, yeah, which which just makes you think humans have been quite incredibly horrible to each other. Yeah, and it kind of makes yeah, his point time. again. You know, our horror about that. And you know, our horror about um, like sexual assault and um, mm. um, like low-level sexual harassment and so on and so on. Um, it kind of, it kind of makes his point that he made about child labour that um, the time when you're horrified about something is when you're kind of in the middle of waking up to how yes wrong it is. Yes, absolutely. Hopefully, we're woken up to to the fact that genocide is wrong. <laughs> well, I hope so. Hopefully, um, there's another movie, uh, just briefly to to recommend and talk about to listener, um, called Son of Saul, which is set in Auschwitz. Um, it's really interesting. It is harrowing and a tough watch, but it's interesting in that the camera follows a character whose name may be Saul. We're not actually sure what his name is. Um, it follows only him during the movie. So it doesn't go to a third-person shot. It's it's over his shoulder, or we see his face, but the camera's always on him. Wow. And that means that we are witness to stuff, or we can't see it because he's not looking at it. Mm-hmm. So the movie starts with him... Um, uh, putting people into a room and then closing the door and then we hear stuff going on behind the door but we can't turn away from it it's happening but we don't know what's happening behind the door it's that kind of tone Mm. 
Um, it's called Son of Saul because he finds uh, a boy who's died and says, that's my son, I want to give him a good burial. But again, we don't actually know if that is his son or whether he's just suffering from incredible trauma, which mm. he is. Um, and he's one of the he's one of the Jewish people who did work for the Nazis to extend their lives. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they helped out. And they would eventually be executed, but they'd be executed after other people were executed. Um, it is a really tough watch, but it's really, really worth watching. Sounds like hard work. It is. It It is a tough watch. But, you know, in the way that we should never forget that this happened, it is worth yeah. watching. Yeah, sounds amazing. Yeah, it is. It's a really good movie. Um, I think I'm about done with um with Jojo Rabbit actually. Right, thank you. Well, uh, the first thing I'm going to do after this podcast is add it to my uh, list of things to record if they ever come on TV. Yeah, put that one on there definitely. Also, put Hunt for the Wilder People because that does come on TV quite a lot. All oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Um, that's it. Cool. Any plugging? No. Nada. Nothing. Zip. <laughs> I got a some plugging. Big zero. <laughs> <laughs> I got some plugging. I'm working on a thing which I won't talk about yet because it's not ready. But Ooh. I'm also um at like software thing. Uh, but I'm also um getting prepared for. By which I mean I'm utterly terrified. Far too early in advance for. Um, a couple of talks that I'm doing at the ACCU conference. No, that's exciting. T- towards the end of March. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm so scared. But hey, yeah. I could, yeah, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> You'll be fine. You'll be Thanks. fine. Yeah, my poor brain. Next year uh, we should do a we should do a live good robot Andes in which I can ask you about something and then you can talk about it. <laughs> um. So I'm doing two things. I'm doing a talk with CB, uh, where CB is going to be doing most of the talking, CB okay. Bailey. Yeah. Um, and CB uh, basically uh, has, has gone away and figured out how the linker works, which is a thing that you use to make your programs. Oh. Um, and no one knows how it works. It's a mystery. But CB, because CB likes to get to the bottom of things, CB yes. has, has figured this out. So they will be talking about that, and I will be trying to translate into human <laughs> by asking a lot of a lot of questions. <laughs> um, uh, so that should be fun. I'm a bit terrified because it's kind of unscripted, but um, it, it should be fun because we did a similar thing last year, and it seemed to work well with with me kind of asking stupid questions and excellent. Um, and I'm also doing a talk about character sets called oh, Interesting Characters. Nice. I love character sets. It's so fascinating. I never expected it to be interesting when I started learning about it. Cause it sounds boring, but actually it's incredibly interesting and exciting. So Nice. That's in Bristol towards the end of March. Yes. It's it's mostly C++, um, the ACCU conference. Well, it's about half C++, but it's known for its C++. But yes. actually... There's loads of other cool stuff, like the things I talked about. Yeah, there is some cool stuff there. Yeah. If you like programming, mm-hmm. you're going to love ACCU Conference. Also, you can see all the old um, videos from previous years on YouTube for free. The Tubes of You. The Tubes of You. Excellent. Excellent. Probably not on Peertube. No. No. 
For no good reason. For no good reason, yeah. A lot of my old videos are on Peertube now, listener. They're on peertube.mastodon.host. There we go. Write that down. Got it? Good. Slash slash something slash Andy Balaam. I don't know. Like slash user slash Andy Balaam, something like that. Maybe you should um, look that up and put it on the podcast. Yeah, what else? What it else? Might, already, might already be on the about page, actually. Well, it might be. Yeah. Let me check. Let me check. A book. If not, if not, it should be. Is this where a man looks something up on the internet? Yeah, yeah, I'm looking up on the internet now. <laughs> uh, yes, it is on the about page already, Hooray. as well as the um, opportunity to buy a t-shirt or a mug with our cartoon faces on, for which we receive no cash. It's purely just for promotional purposes. Yeah, exactly. Buy a mug, buy a t-shirt, or send us some well, and send us some money. Um, we don't have a way of you sending money. I tell you what, don't send us money. Just tell your friends. You can send see, send me some money. Okay, send Andy C some money. Yeah, and uh, but mostly give us like a five star review. Tell your friends, like and subscribe. Tell your friends, tell all your friends, or even just send us a little comment on the blog or some kind of social thing telling us that you were listening yeah just say look I'm listening I don't really like it very much but I am listening that's fine (laughs) is that it? that's it that's it it. thank you for listening listener (laughs) cheers see you next time yeah bye bye